what makes the good life the good life. This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us as we explore the hidden gems of rural life, the growing entrepreneurial opportunities, and share some of the most interesting stories you may not have heard. Venture to all four corners of York County as we chat with some of the best people the heartland has to offer. Because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Today, I am joined by Chris Holder. Chris has been a teacher here at York High for the past 39 years. This is her last year, unfortunately. It's just crazy to believe. Um, she has not just been a teacher, but she has served as the chair of the English department, has coached volleyball, boys soccer, track, basketball, tennis, um, has also served as York's High's uh, interim athletic director for a year. Um, she's also the director for the Cornerstone Tennis Tournament um, and is the chairman for the Windsor Tucker Scholarship Committee. Uh, she recently won the 2019 Chamber Ambassador Educator of the Year. Um, but she has also won the Golden Apple Award for Outstanding Teaching in the York School District, along with winning a Nebraska Teaching Award given by the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Uh, she grew up in Fort Calhoun, Nebraska, and received her teaching certificate from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm very excited to have Chris with me today. Uh, she was a teacher of mine, so I'm very excited to kind of get a little bit, learn a little bit more about her and her journey. Um, I was very surprised that I remembered Fort Calhoun, but she always had the Fort Calhoun uh, whenever uh, we had class, and so um, I'm very excited, yeah, once again to have her here. So welcome, and thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Perfect. Um, so talk to me a little bit about your journey to York. Uh, so walk me a little bit through um, your college and then um, you know, how you kind of landed you know, in York, Nebraska. Okay. Um, I did grow up in Fort Calhoun. We were the pioneers, so don't forget that. Yep, yep. Um, and then I went to the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. Um, and there was actually no question where I would go. I, would, I always wanted to go to UNL. And I was lucky enough to be able to play volleyball there for Terry Pettit and for now the Penn State coach, Coach Russ Rose. So that was an experience that I wouldn't trade for the world. Um, and then I, I knew that I wanted to teach. I just didn't know what I wanted to teach when I got to college. Um, and then through some classes, I decided that I would major in special ed and English. But in Did the you... back of my mind, I always wanted to be a volleyball coach too. So those were the three things that I, I kind of concentrated on in college. Did you have teachers like in your family? Is that why you always knew you wanted to be a teacher? No, or... I didn't. Um, and now, um, in hindsight, I do have my, my older brother. was He ended up being an English teacher. And my sister-in-law is a science teacher. Um, but no, I, I think the reason I wanted to be a teacher, and it was so odd, I always tell my students this, I knew in the fourth grade that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and in fact, my dad built me a little schoolroom downstairs with a blackboard. I know that's old school. Yeah, it wasn't old back school then. technology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he built me a little school room, and I had four students, and it was Mrs. Beasley, and it was Popeye, and so it was some of my dolls. Yep, yeah. yeah. And it was so odd because I would make up worksheets, and then I would set each one of the students on my lap, and I would fill out the Help worksheet, the and I would purposely um, miss some so I could check them wrong with my trusty red pen. So it started way back in fourth grade. Um, and then when I get into high school, and I just saw um, how my teachers, and, and specifically probably, I would say Mr. Gorley, who was our volleyball coach and English teacher, um, and Mr. Stratman, you always remember their names, mm -hmm. watching them just put everything that they had into it. I just thought, hmm. Because I was a, a terrible prankster and trick player, and I would put itching powder in Mr. Hyman's shoes, and I would move the furniture <laughs> out of Mr. Scammyhorn's desk and put it someplace else. And then just to watch how they just molded me, and I was so rough around the edges, and all the time they invested in me to um, get me ready, I just thought, maybe I should pay them back in some way if I can. <laughs> All this chaos I've maybe caused, exactly. let's just bring it back. Yeah, yeah, so I thought, you know, they I, I just can't believe how selfless they were and just how serving they were. So I thought, hmm, if they did that, maybe I can do that for somebody else. So I started in fourth grade, and in high school, it just kind of solidified. The only thing that hadn't solidified was what I wanted to teach. But I knew I had a love for English because I had a love for writing and for reading. So that, that didn't take long. I got in the classrooms in Lincoln, some of the high schools in Lincoln, and it didn't take long. Um, and then I also had a cousin who um, had disabilities, and I had always worked a lot with her. So that 
ended up to be my major then, special education in English, mm-hmm. so with a coaching endorsement. That's what helped form yep. kind of that love. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about um, your um, student teaching you did um, mm-hmm. as you were finishing, and then how you kind of got in contact with York. Okay. Um, I did my, you had to have, I was a 712, so I had to have experience in the middle school as well as the high school. So I student taught at Millard South Junior High, and then I student taught also um, at Lincoln Northeast, and I taught at Lincoln East. So I really had a a great selection of um, just, even though they were all in the same town, just the the level of students and just the level of cultures and the level of commitment to education in those three areas was really good for me. And I came from a small town um, Calhoun only has about 800 people in it, so to go from that kind of setting to mm-hmm. a Class A school, it was just a completely different challenge. You know, the students were, weren't any different. Kids are kids, but just the challenge of some of the cultures and just some of the backgrounds that they had that I sure didn't see in Fort Calhoun really mm-hmm. helped me in the long run. No, definitely. Um, so how did you land in York? Was that, did you have like family out here where you were? No. In fact, <laughs> I had to look York up. I had no idea where it was. The, honestly, about... When you are in college, and especially in teacher's college, back then there was a large supply of teachers, unlike today. The demand for teachers wasn't nearly as great as the supply. So there was a lot of competition, and there were lots of students that when I graduated didn't have a job. Lined up, right? Yeah. And I went to, Lincoln does a really good job. They have a teacher's fair. And I went to that in February, and I had my resume and all of, yeah, my letters of recommendation, and I had my little suit on, and I was polished and ready to go, yeah. And I met probably with 10 schools that day. Um, and I was lucky enough to get calls for interviews from eight of them. Wow. Yeah, so, and, and York was actually my very first interview. And I interviewed with Raleigh Swanson, who yeah. um, was here, I mean, it was a long time ago, and with um, Stu Wiley. Stu Wiley, yeah. yes. And with Paul Toms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul and Toms, they, yeah. And Stu Wiley was kind enough to give me a tour of the entire town and pointed out, you know, the landmarks, like, yep. The community center. Yep, here's the know. pool. Here's yeah, the community absolutely. center. Here's the post office. Yeah, yep. that's just about it. <laughs> um, and I knew right away there was just something so, so comfortable and so homey and just so absolutely um, supportive the town was. When when Stu kind of you know toured me downtown, I was kind of on display. Um, and he introduced me to a lot of people downtown, and every single one of them seemed genuinely interested and welcoming. And even though you know, we're about six or seven thousand here. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like it was much bigger than Fort Calhoun. Right. So I fell in love with the community more before I fell in love with the school. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, first, um, and then they called and offered me a job right away. And um, I had about three or four more interviews to do. So I asked them if I could complete my interviews, and they said sure. But honestly, nothing compared to the feeling that I felt when I interviewed at York. Did you go and visit those other towns? Uh-huh, I did. Like I that? went through the towns and I went through the interviews. Some of them didn't give me the, you know, the complete tour like York did, yeah. but um, I, I always tell my students who are now trying to decide what college they want to go to, I always tell them that you're going to know what college fits you because you're just going to get a feeling when you step on campus. And that's kind of the feeling I got here. Mm-hmm. So what were those first few years like, you know, here in York? You know, what was it like coming from, you know, Town of eight hundred to town of eight thousand. There's, yeah. I mean, it's still bigger. Things yeah. are a little bit. Things are different. So what and was then, that like? And I was also. I came out when I did the interview. They offered me the, the special education position, part time middle school, part time high school. So I had to go back and forth from both buildings, and then at the very end of July, um, my principal called me up, Raleigh Swanson, and said, "Hey, we know that you, we told you that you would be the assistant coach." But we had a resignation. Would you like to be the head coach? Well, me being young and stupid and naive, I said, sure, absolutely. I'd love to. This can't be that tough. It can't be that hard. I, mean, I played. Yeah. I played. Yeah. This can't be much. Piece of cake. Yeah, yeah, it was a piece of cake. That lasted for about the first practice, you know. <laughs> All of 30 seconds. And another thing that was kind of tough was I was only four years older than my students. Mm-hmm. That you know, would and, be. Yeah, and I, I was in charge now. I, you know, my teacher, my cooperating teacher in the background that would always be there for support is like, listen, you're the professional now, so... You, it's all you. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about special ed, there's also a lot of paperwork with special education. So there's the paperwork for my classroom, there's my classroom, there's my, my coaching and planning for practices and games, 
So I spent, I felt like at college again. I feel like some of my students now that I, you know, I was up three yeah. hours in the morning. Yeah. And that, that first year especially was, I would tell you it was pretty miserable mm-hmm. because I was just barely a day ahead of my students and it was nonstop. You know, even on weekends, I was just trying to catch up or... Have Monday's lesson yeah, plan ready absolutely. to go. But the one thing that was constant was the fact that the people helped raise me because mm-hmm. um, I was 22 and I had people like who, I, I would say like um, Tom and Margaret Brink. Yeah. Yeah. And the Kayleys mm-hmm. and Donna Peg Keelan White and Ralph Brumbaugh. And they were kind enough to kind of take me under their wing. Let's help this person out. Yeah, a exactly. Yeah. And raise me and teach me what the standard of excellence was at York. And I just didn't want to let them down. Mm-hmm. That was a, a great group of people you just mentioned <laughs> off too. Was. I mean, and they had a, they kind of had a rough student to work with. So right. just their patience and their time and their commitment was definitely appreciated. I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. What was it like getting acclimated into the community? Was it pretty simple to get? You, I know when you you got that tour, you said you, it yeah. felt very homey. But what was it like getting acclimated into the community those first few years? I will tell you that for a coach, mm-hmm. um, especially like if you're a basketball coach or volleyball coach or football coach, it's a lot easier maybe than for some others because you are constantly working with the community. Mm-hmm. At a time, we had something called um, Coach's Corner on Saturday mornings. So every Saturday morning, the New the York News Times and the KAWL radio station would be down at Chances Are, and they would feed us breakfast, and they would invite two coaches, the volleyball coach and the football coach from a surrounding New York community, but the football coach and I would always be there. So it was always York coaches it was always and then York invite coaches. Yeah, by invite. invite. So the, the special guest that week. <laughs> and then you just have to do so many things in the oh, community yeah. when you're a coach that you're, you're seen a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, for better or for worse, you know, helps you because you're so immersed into in the community as well as your students and the school and your athletes. So um, I did that. And then, you know, they asked me to play on the, the women's volleyball team. And it was just... The, the whole community, there were just so many opportunities, and I didn't have to go look for opportunities. You know, they, they kindly called me up and asked me if I would like to be part of it. So mm-hmm. that was something that, and I, I think they still do. I think they reach out to everybody who moves into York, and, and I even had, a, they brought me a welcome basket. The mm-hmm. chamber brought me a welcome basket, you know, when I came. They delivered it to my house, and it was just, you know, I, I really felt like they they really care about the people who live here. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's awesome. Um, I didn't. I didn't know we did those baskets. Yes, those welcome yeah. baskets. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's something we're gonna. I don't know if we still do those. I think we have like a not a basket, but there's yeah. like a pamphlet yeah. of information. Yeah, I think so. But it was stuff. a but yeah. physical basket. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, like it probably had snacks and all sorts yeah, and of was, stuff. Yeah, it was like tickets to the movie theater mm-hmm. um, and things like that. You know, so it was it was really nice. It's just kind of just say yeah, welcome. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so journey in you know from from teaching from year one to now. Um, you know what? What's kind of been the evolution of Chris Holder over you know from year one to to now? You know what are what's something that maybe year uh, Chris now would tell year one Chris? <laughs> you know you know if you do this, life will be so much easier. Um, let's. See. I think I always tell my students that, and I I told you this too when you were in school. I said, listen, number one, when times get rough, you'll not only survive, you'll thrive. And number two, if this is the worst thing that happens to you, then how lucky are you? Right. So there were times where I just thought, can I do this? Can I be, you know, the teacher that all the other teachers are here at York High School? Mm-hmm. Can I? It's intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, we don't lose a lot of teachers. No. At the high school. I was just I, through the, the whole York system. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't lose. Once you're here, you're kind of, you're welcomed, and then you just kind of buy into it. It's easy mm-hmm. to buy into. Um, but I think when I came out of college, I thought I was going to dazzle everybody that I met because I knew everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go teach school from eight to five. You know, I'll have practice until about five, five thirty, and then I'll go home. And this will be this will be a great job. Yeah. Um, and it is if if you do teaching right, it never ends. And I think too. Who and I can't remember who said this, but it's if you love your job. It's not work. Right. It's right. like I disagree with that, a hundred percent because I love my job, but you work your tails off, mm-hmm. and very I think much you work. should. Right. Yeah, absolutely. If you've got the commitment, you're you're going to work your tail. If it's off. something you enjoy, you yeah. really should. I mean, and you've got all these people invested in you, mm-hmm. so it's like they depend on you. So it's you can't. That doesn't stop at three. No. Yeah. 
or five or <laughs> or or ten or whatever. If they're working on projects, sometimes it's eleven. And it starts again at six a.m. Yeah. or yeah. earlier. So yeah. you have to understand yeah. that you truly are a servant in this mm-hmm. job. You serve the needs. And it's not just academically. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes it's just an advocate. Sometimes it's a little tough love. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little self-help. Sometimes it's you know a little bit of parenting. Sometimes it's just a friend. Sometimes it's just a listener. But I didn't know that when I first started. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I would teach my curriculum, mm-hmm. and I thought I would go home and make more curriculum for the next day. But you don't. You teach students, mm-hmm. and your curriculum doesn't always fit the fit student. The student. Mm-hmm. And not as not every student has the same skills or abilities or needs or wants or desires as the student sitting next to her or him. And you've got to make sure that you get through to every teacher, and that is an awesome responsibility. And I didn't know that coming in. I just thought I'd put my curriculum on the board and give tests, and this would go smoothly. Yep. Um, and it took about first period, the first day, to understand that this was going to be, if I was going to be a good teacher, I had to be a good student first. Think on your feet. And, and be... I had to learn from others mm-hmm. and, and be willing to, to learn from them in order to, to better serve my kids. What, what would you say has been one of the most like, beneficial skills that you to help you be successful in your career? Um, actually, probably the fact that I'm I'm really feisty to the point where I'm sassy and I refuse to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so whatever it takes, um, and I'm not always real tactful about it. That's why last year when they asked me to be the interim AD, I said I'm not sure that you want me to be the interim AD because I'm not sure that I can always be that professional, tactful person and bite my tongue. And there were a few times I had to bite through it, um, but. You know, the, the, I think the, the most helpful skills. I was raised with a family of all brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. And yeah, and they were they were tough love. Yeah. It was just like you fought for the last dinner roll. You know, you and I grew up in a neighborhood that there were eleven total kids, and I was the only girl. So I came in, I'm very competitive, and it wasn't always I want to win. It's just that how can how can I better do this job? Mm-hmm. And I think just the fact that I. I am that that feisty, sassy, sometimes brutally honest person mm-hmm. that I'm not going to stop until until I find a way. Right, right. So I kind of fit in with our York find a way motto right. in that way. <laughs> Eventually, in a roundabout, you've you've yeah. Yeah. What are some of the projects? I guess over your the course of your your years um, that you've kind of been maybe most proud of that you've um, kind of implemented into your curriculum. What are some of those big pieces? that you've um, kind of been proud of? I always try, the philosophy in my classroom, no matter what I teach, whether it was my special ed, I I transitioned from special ed to English quite a few years ago, but even those students, my philosophy was always, I'm not gonna get you up early in the morning to waste your time Mm -hmm. and give you a worksheet that you already know, or that you walk out the door and said, I did the worksheet, but did I learn anything? And I always, too, I refuse to teach my students like, like they're consumers. I'm not going to stand up and give you information, and you're just going to consume it, and then do nothing with it. Yeah, and maybe regurgitate it. Yeah, on the text, uh, yeah. Once you regurgitate it, then you walk out the door, and it's like you regurgitate mm-hmm. something the next day. So, my my goal is to always give them enough information, and then to challenge them with, "Here's the information. How are you going to prove to me that you know it?" Mm-hmm. And I always try to give them enough parameters that it's not so overwhelming that they don't know where to start. However, sometimes I don't mind if they're overwhelmed. <laughs> That's part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I want them to produce. And in order to produce, sometimes you have to fail. Sometimes you have to try it again. Sometimes you have to get frustrated. You know, Sometimes you have to d- just absolutely ditch it and start all over again. Um, and one of the early things that I did with my special ed kids at the high school is a lot of times students with, with disabilities um, especially at the high school, they've been told so many times that they can't do it that they they actually believe they it. Yep. Yeah. So they they don't look people in the eye. They don't they don't like to talk on the phone. They don't like to problem solve. They don't like to stand up for themselves. So I actually contacted all the the restaurants in York, and I said we're gonna in my class we're gonna put together a York restaurant guide, and we're gonna represent you. And we're going to write down, we're going to find your menu, we're going to do your, are you fine dining, do you take credit cards, do you take reservations? Now this was quite a few years ago, right, right. so yeah, so this sounds like... Do you like, take credit cards, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> um, and I made my students, so I assigned them, and they had to call the business and arrange a time to go out there and meet with the person, and then we put together, almost like a chamber of commerce, oh, you know, yeah. brochure, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and to watch those kids... 
you know, how do I how do I dial the number? Do I dial a nine first? How do I do this? To actually going out there and asking questions and designing and just watching what it did for their confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was awesome. And we gave copies of, uh, copies of the brochure to each to each restaurant. We delivered it, you know, with a thank you and finished product. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, yeah. and that was one of the neatest things that that I did, you know, in that department. Um, and now I would have to say I love the senior portfolio mm-hmm. that you had to do. I never actually had to do. You port- were in. I was never in any of your classes. You loser. I yeah, I was. I was a loser. I, I admit you it. I, I, I tried to skirt. I tried yeah. to. I was one of those punks that managed to skirt skirt their way around. You know, I got to be your teacher's aide. Yeah, that, that's that, right. That's how I. That's how I skirted my way into your uh, your clutches, and so uh, <laughs> uh, I never actually got to have yeah. your class. But yeah, the senior portfolio. Yeah, that is been. something that. Um, in my college senior English, and even before I got college credit, I forced my students to. It do was this. college credit. I yeah, mean, yeah. I think any of those students, when did college credit start? 2009? Yeah, 2009. Yeah. Everyone before then, that was college credit for them. <laughs> yeah, they, it that was. was what prepared them for college. Okay. You, my brother, everyone in uh, those grades, you, you ask them what got you ready for college? Holder That's English. That's right, your brother took it. Yep, yeah, he survived. <laughs> And they, we do a, a it's, it's pretty much an argumentative rhetoric mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. is what we do, um, and then they have to take every single assignment that we do over that whole to, semester. Yeah, yeah, over the whole semester, and they have to put it into a notebook, which sounds easy, mm-hmm. and they think it sounds easy too because I want them, I kind of want to build up oh, a little bit of suspense. Put stuff is always into good. a notebook. Yeah. yeah, that sounds simple. And then I tell them that they have to create a theme that all of these assignments belong in, so they're like, okay, this is getting the heat's turning up just a little bit. But then they have to to represent that and tie their theme together with all of their writing assignments, and they have they have to use rhetoric to do it. Okay, then the morale goes down for just a little <laughs> you just bit. Sucked all of the fun yeah. out of the room. <laughs> um, and they just handed those in. And in the long run, then when they're done, they actually have to present their portfolio to a judge from the community. Mm-hmm. And I try to put them with people from the community that they probably don't know or aren't mm-hmm. comfortable with because, you know, seniors are. It's it's time where they're starting to work on their their um, resumes and their mm-hmm. college applications and the people in New York are so generous with the support and with the money that they give our, our students. So I tell them, I want you to get on that right away and some of these people that you meet with are going to be on scholarship committees and I want them to walk out of the door and say, what an impressive young man, mm-hmm. what an impressive young woman and go to bat for you. Mm-hmm. So when they hand these in, which was last week, I told them, I said, if, if you do a good job, you're going to be amazed at the sense of accomplishment that you feel. Mm-hmm. And some of them did, you know, the all-nighters, which <laughs> parents, I tell them not to. I give them plenty of time, but they, they choose these right. things. Yep, yeah. nope, yep. Um, and, time management, real to watch, Yeah, to watch them come in with the sense of accomplishment that they have. And, I mean, it, it's their baby. It's mm-hmm. something that they're extremely, extremely proud of. And I'm proud for them mm-hmm. and out of them. So that's always a big one that I enjoy. And then the college novel, where they have to have a mentor. Where they and I always encourage them to have a, a local mentor in York because number one, people of York are so generous with their time, um, and number two, our kids are so involved in the community and so many different things that I don't want this to be such a burden that they have to go make more time outside of class to go to Lincoln, let's say. Mm-hmm. And we've got so much expertise in York right. that they don't need to. They don't need to. Yeah. So they spend 15 hours outside of class. You know, outside of their football practice, outside of tennis practice, outside of one act, outside of band, they've they've got to get it's all of that. Yeah. yeah, do fifteen hours of of research, and it's not shadowing; it's one on one kind of research. Some of them even get to participate in the research. Like some of them, if they work with a doctor, actually get to be in there and and observe some things and do some things. Um, some of my students that work with Dr. Miles Berg, former student of mine, right? Yep. Um, he actually lets them kind of work with the patients. You know, the patient agrees. Get a little hands-on. Yeah, and... you know, so they come back and they, they love to tell the stories. Now, at the end of that, they have to put together a formal MLA paper, which is, it has to be at least 10 pages, which at the time, they're like, what? The 10-page yeah. paper? By the time the semester's over, they're pros, so. And then they have to do that. They have to take that information and put it into um, a presentation for the community. I think it's so, since our community is so willing, I just like to show our kids off. I think it gives our our students an opportunity to shine, and they always do. I mean, some people on the outside, they don't know the great things that not just we're doing in this class, but all of York High School and all of York Community Schools are doing. So when I get a chance to to present the, our kids and represent York High School and have people from the community see it, I think it's a great thing on all accounts. 
So then the people go through, it's a 30-minute presentation for each student, mm -hmm. and they conduct the presentation for about 20 minutes, and then it's a question-answer. And again, to watch those kids commit to that, that presentation, to commit to that research, and then to watch them perform that night. And just the relief. They have, yeah, when uh, they walk and, out. And the, yep. the pride that they feel. Um, you know, it's something that a lot of my judges say, you know, we never had to do anything like this in I remember high being a judge um, yeah. with Troy Taylor yeah, yeah. when he had his project. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, we couldn't have imagined having to do something this intense in school. Mm -hmm. But I always tell my students, my goal is when you go to, to college, and I don't care where you go, whether it's, you know, my pride, Joy UNL, or whether it's York College or Drake or Stanford or where you go, that you're one of those students that can sit up straight. And when your instructor gives an assignment and you turn to somebody else who's shaking in their seat and go, listen, my high school class was tougher than this, I'll help you out. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think that is, I mean, I had, a lot of people in my class had that same sentiment, like, this, you know, college is going to be a breeze if, you know, this is so, this is difficult. I mean, but it, I mean, everybody learned a lot from these, this rhetoric classes. And so, um, I think those are great projects that you've implemented into the curriculum. And, and I hope, um, somehow someone else finds them and can implement them as well. So what are some maybe projects that maybe haven't turned out? quite the way you wanted them to. Um, as there's probably been a couple that maybe, you know, you, you had good intentions, you're like, I'm gonna do this, and yeah. this is gonna work out perfect, and there's got probably gotta be a couple out there. Yeah, so. there's. I'm always looking for something new, um, and some, well, almost all the time, I kind of wrangle poor Mr. Sodder <laughs> in, into my ideas, and so sometimes when I throw the door open, I'm like, Mr. Sodder, and he shakes his head oh, and he no. says, oh no, you've got an idea. <laughs> um, and one of the ones that we did last year actually, in theory, it was a great idea. Um, and if we had a chance to do it again, I would do it, but we would completely rehaul it. And there was a young lady from UNL that mm -hmm. was about to graduate with her um, degree in business, but she had to do a senior project. And so she created a pop-up business. And then she went out to high schools and had the high schools conduct her pop-up business. So like run yeah, the business. Yeah, so we're on okay. it, we're on it. We just thought, and she said, you only have two weeks and you have so much of a product and so we put together a rubric and we put the kids in competitive teams because there was so much um, of inventory out there. And if you could sell 30 and you could only sell two, I mean, so it was competitive. Mm -hmm. It was, you've got to get support from the community. You're going to have to sell from the community. We put parameters and said you couldn't sell to your to any family members. Okay. You couldn't sell to like FFA and have them sell them for you. <laughs> you know, so, and so we presented it and we said now, you can. It's going to take two weeks, but you have to do marketing. You have to do research. You have to contact people, and we thought the product would be really tough to sell because it was a simple little candle. It was about five pieces of candy. It was a couple stickers, and it was give thanks. It was the Thanksgiving motif. Was it? Okay. And we thought there is no way this is going to sell. This is going to be fun because nobody's going to buy this because mm -hmm. they had to sell them. The product that they had to buy was like seven bucks, and then we said you can't sell it for eight. Because you have to make a profit, and if you if you only make you know, sell seven, you have a seven dollar profit. I said that's not going to be because some of them we required them to mail them to people too. Mm -hmm. So you're not so even that's gonna pay for post, yeah. postage. Yeah. So we had all of these, and those little boogers. There were groups that went out that night, and because again, to a fault, the York you're community so is so give giving. <laughs> I mean, there were groups that had them sold the next day. Sold out. We were out of inventory the very next day, and we had two weeks left. What do we... And there were a couple of groups that didn't sell any, and they go, here's the problem, kids. You're competing against each other, but we're still one team, so we can't let this team fail yeah. because you guys were aggressive. <laughs> and so then we had to revamp the whole thing, and kids had to... Yeah, we'll sell you our product, but we're going to sell it to you. We sold it at 15 bucks, So we'll give you three of the ones we sold, but we're going to sell it to you for 15 bucks because we we're not going to lose money. So that means you're going to have to sell it for 20 Oh, no. And just how darn smart those kids are and how savvy they are, we hadn't planned for all of that. You know, so we still had two weeks where we were like, okay, now we've got to... We've got to figure gonna, something out. What yeah. are we going to do the rest yeah. of this time? So the idea was great, um, and... 
we underestimated our kids, sad to say. Our kids are awesome. <laughs> um, but it, it was a learning experience for all of us. That's and kinda... I think Mr. Sauter and I would do it again, but we now they're not going to outlive how would us you? Time. How would you We're change ready. it, I guess? What, what, well, what I think, think what we would do is we would, we would require them to turn in their complete sales plan first. Okay. And we would require them to do things like you have to set up a booth in a physical town location. and you have to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No door to door sales. Yeah. No, no door to door. You have to set up a booth. So you have to go to People like come to you. Yeah, yeah. Or Hallmark and say, could we set in a booth? Set up a booth. Mm-hmm. And if that's not a good place, set up in the lobby of corners. Or yeah. Exactly. York, York State Bank. And that's what we or, used. We yeah. said the banks. You know, go to See the. See if bank. you can set up yeah. in the lobby. Yeah. So we would do it again if we had the opportunity. Okay. Um, but we would make it a lot, a uh, lot more strict because, like I said, the community of York to a fault is so giving. That sounds really fun. Yeah. I mean, that would. And the kids had a really good time with it. What grade was this? this These was were our seniors. Seniors. Okay. And they even had to go down to. Um, they had to figure their own postage and figure out how to put the post. I mean, the weights oh, and everything. Oh, all of that. They sent the young lady this who did this great project little, for us. Like, she sent us. Yeah. She sent us the weights and everything. Um, and so they had to do everything from scratch. They had to get online and figure out how to do their postage, their their commercial postage. Bulk, yeah. 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 And at first, um, Stephen thought it might go to you know Mr. Lamberty, which mm-hmm. was the obvious. But I didn't even tell Mr. Lamberty I stole it from him. So I apologize <laughs> to you, Mr. Lamberty. <laughs> But, yeah, so that was probably one that's like, that crashed and burned in a day. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it would have been something worthwhile, though. I mean, I'm sure the kids took a lot out of it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, we, one of the things that we did have them do as part of their final is they had to come and go through like a debriefing with us and just some of the things that they talked about and learned as a group. And I... Doing group things is kind of a love-hate relationship mm-hmm. um, because I tell my students, when you do something where you have to depend on others, here's what happens. Either the worst comes out in you or the best comes out in you. And when you're in a group where someone's the worst comes out, understand you still have to get something accomplished. Yeah. So you might have to compromise. You might have to swallow a little pride. You might have to use a little tough love. Mm-hmm. But the end result doesn't change. Yep. Your approach has you to change. You have to drag that partner yeah. across the finish line. Um, and when we did those debriefings, it was it was really eye-opening for them. Some of the students that they thought, oh, surely they'll do their work. and I mean, They'll carry they, their weight. Yeah, yeah, people let each other down. And some people stepped up that they thought, no way could I thought they'd do that. I couldn't so, rely on that yeah. person. Yeah. So just, just that life experience that they got out of it was, I think, something that they treasured. And we really... We really appreciated it too. I think yeah. we didn't have to tell them this is what's going to happen. They experienced it firsthand. Right. Mm-hmm. So a little bit, kind of switch gears. You coached for a little bit while you were here. Um, you haven't coached for a while. When was the last? What was your last year? I'm coaching. Well, you're now. coaching tennis. I mean volleyball. I'm yeah. sorry, volleyball. Yeah, you haven't coached, coached volleyball. I coached in a volleyball while. for my first 23 years. Yep. Okay. And then it got to the point where, the way I haven't figured out a very smart way of teaching. Coach Malik always teases me because his motto is work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten to that smart stage. <laughs> I'm stuck in the harder stage. I just work stage. harder. Yeah. figured out, and I've told my students this too. I said, if you guys have a better idea, please bring it to my attention because I've never figured out how to teach writing and thinking without having you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, I can't, I can't accomplish that on a worksheet. Yep. So, but to grade that writing takes hours. And I was getting to the point in my coaching where, you know, if I were married, there's no way I could have kept coaching as long as I did because I couldn't imagine teaching and coaching and being married. In life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have, somebody would have suffered. That, that balance would yeah. have been, yeah. I, even now I have a dog and sometimes he suffers. <laughs> um, so I, I decided after 23 years, I just could not keep at that, up that pace. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it for myself. Um, very selfishly, I, I couldn't stay up till 2 o'clock anymore getting those papers done for those kids and then go back that day and be fresh for them be up and then be fresh for the mm-hmm. volleyball team. So I decided that volleyball had to go. So that was 23 years I was the volleyball coach. Mm-hmm. And that was tough to give up. Right. And then I think I gave, I, I wasn't coaching anything for maybe two years. And then we have so many kids out, boys and girls, because, you know, tennis is one of those programs that flies under the radar, but mm-hmm. York High Tennis has been successful since the 60s. Yeah. yeah. In fact, Coach Malik was doing some research, and we haven't had a losing season, dual season, for the boys for over 35 years. Oh my. Yeah, and, and that's as far back as he could research. So, 
So they asked me to take help, help with tennis because there were such big numbers out. And of course, I'm like, nope, I gave up teaching. And I said, I've played tennis, but I've not coached tennis. I remember it was one of your first few years when I was a senior. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because you were, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and and I, I said, I just don't want to do it because I gave up that time slot. And they go, well, Chris, it's not going to be as much time. You know, and they just kept hounding me. And finally, I was like, okay, oh, I guess. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. Um, and that was with Ben Meyer. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then after Ben Meyer was Aaron Plaz. And then after Aaron Plaz was um, Dan Malik for the Malick. boys. Yeah. And it was Josh Miller for the girls. Mm-hmm. And I said, I will never be a head coach again because of just the time commitment, but I will be the assistant, assistant. coach. Yep. Um, and so I've been coaching that for. 12 years. Yeah. So, um, and it's, I'm at the time I was so reluctant because I never want to get into anything if I don't know how to do it to mm-hmm. the comfort level. I know I can get our kids better. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first I was really hesitant and really uncomfortable. What can I, what can yeah. I give? What, yeah, yeah, yeah. What can I do here to make these kids better, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to get them, you know, we've got a strong tradition. I, I want to be part of that tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the pressure of that, but it, like I told Coach Malik when I coerced him to coaching with me, <laughs> I said, you know, at that point, I said, I, I don't necessarily need another tennis coach to coach with me. I need somebody who understands kids. Mm-hmm. I need somebody who has commitment to kids. Mm-hmm. I need somebody who is a coach, who knows yeah. how to communicate with kids, who has relationships with kids. And Dan Malik is, is that. that person. Yeah. Yes. And so is Josh. Josh will give everything mm-hmm. for his kids. So I said, that's all we need. And I said, between the three of us, I think we can pull this we'll off. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it <laughs> yeah, going. <laughs> absolutely. We'll, you know, we might have to. And it's so funny because there's lots of times Dan will use, you know, like a golf analogy or a basketball analogy. And Josh will use a golf analogy or a basketball analogy because that's their background. Mm-hmm. And almost all the drills I design are old volleyball drills. I was say, well, I mean, volleyball, tennis. Yeah. I mean, there's some. So much footwork yeah, and that yeah. kind of stuff. And just, and, and just to watch. You know how that's kind of evolved. How you take old pieces of what yeah, you used absolutely. to. Let me just mix it into my tennis program. I'm not program. sure that we this would work at a Elkhorn South or a right. Pius, but <laughs> a little unorthodox. It, yeah, as we far are as... unorthodox, and we're proud of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, our kids are, and our, the thing about our kids is, our kids are the same kids who are two or three sport athletes. Mm-hmm. Our kids aren't tennis players. No, the, yeah. Our kids are athletes, and they're. They are in the band, and they're in the choir, and they're in the one act, and they're in speech, and they're, you know, so... They're they just don't wake trial. up and play tennis all yeah. day. Yeah, and then right. they have to, like, okay, from August, you know, we'll pick up that racket. It's a race. We've got to get as good as we can. Um, and through the years, we've done a much better job, especially with the um, the quack that we have with the two indoor yep. tennis courts. I can't thank the community enough for that yeah. because we have two indoor tennis courts that our kids and our... We run a... Um, you do clinic. summer camp or something? Yeah, we clinic. do summer yeah. camp in, in the summer, but in the winter, we'll use the quack and we do um, like six weeks of weekly leagues with our little kids, with like fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth graders. And then our. Just starting uh, the foundations yeah. of tennis. So, yeah. and, and that's how we've done it, you know. So those kids, especially these, these senior boys, you know, the the Royals and Ty Schneider. Well, I mean, Dan did such a great job of growing um, Duke Hoops. Yeah. And uh, so I yeah. could only imagine. Taking that same yep, process that same and taking concept. it over to tennis, yeah. yeah. And we started it when these senior boys that just won their state championship were fifth grade. So that's our very the, first group. The fruits are starting yeah, to... Uh, so yeah, so that, that correlation, mm-hmm. you know, to watch how we started them when they were in fifth grade and to finish their career as state champ, it's like, yeah. yeah th- this paid off. <laughs> this, this, was, paid this was worth everything. Unorthodox, yes. Yeah. <laughs> not, not how your uh, technical by the book this you know, is true. would, this, would do this, everything. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't work for everybody, but it definitely worked for for us. So no, that's great. Um, so how has um, going a little bit more uh, big scope life in York? So how has York kind of evolved over the years in your in your eyes? The community. The community. Mm-hmm. I think the thing about the community is it's such a nice blend of old and new. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it amazes me how many students that I had, and now I have their their kids, um, and, and even teachers. We talked a little bit about how the fact that when teachers come here and they feel the community vibe, they don't leave. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you leave when you've got, you've got neighborhoods that are still neighborhoods in the sense that there are kids playing outside in neighborhoods and everybody, everybody watches out for you yeah. and cares for mm-hmm. you. 
and the same same is true with the school system. You know, so there's there's the the people that have been in York forever, the town, the names that everybody knows and everybody mm -hmm. respects, and then there's the 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 younger people who come in and work for whether the hospital or the school or the banks or CVA or whatever it may be. Um, just their blend and their enthusiasm. I think there's that nice blend of old and new, and just and just keeping the energy there, and mm -hmm. just the momentum, and just the, you know, this is cheesy, but the York pride. Mm -hmm. I mean, it and it's it's constantly there. It's never wavered since I've been here in 39 years. <laughs> um, that's never wavered. You know, the commitment to our community is in every part of our community, mm -hmm. including our schools. No, I, yeah, that's something that I've. I had I had a Blake Woodruff on the sure. podcast yeah. a while back, and that was something that we kind of both talked about was how the pride of York just doesn't really leave you. It, Absolutely, it just grows, and you take it to other places. Because we talked about you know the pride of you know Blake and I were athletic, but we weren't the most athletic. Right. Absolutely, and so we got to compete on all different other teams, right. but we also got to support all of our our classmates yeah. and everything. We got to go to all that kind of stuff, and we took that to when we went to university. That passion, you know. You know, we're going to support the Huskers. We're going to go to mm -hmm. basketball. We're going to go to volleyball. We're going to go to soccer. We're going to go to baseball. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to be very prideful yeah. of what we're participating yeah. in. And so that's great that all that kind of came from, mm -hmm. you know, right here in York. And that's that kind of the blend of the new. I mean, it's neat that, you know, the Blake Woodruffs and the Miles Burbs, mm -hmm. you know, and the... Michaela Stewart and yeah. Jen Harlow. Yeah, and to Jen's watch... teaching. Yeah, yeah. and to, to watch all of you come back and now... You're you're part of that vein as well. You know, it, you you were raised by this philosophy and by this motto, and now you're part of it, and you get to to be part of that where you pass it on too. I think the legacy of York, you know, is the fact that we're not flashy. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be like I said, our our tennis team is pretty unorthodox. We're not a, <laughs> a flashy group, but we, um, our com our community is is super committed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really great you know to have all those people come back and just give back you know because i never you know growing up here in this town i never thought i would be sure. shoulder to shoulder with the mayor or being you know working with councils or working with the city administrator or working with jim ulrich you know the ceo of the hospital if you would have told me when i was sitting in this class that i would be you know doing those types of things i would never have believed it in a thousand years and so to be able to come back and work with those people and have those relationships already yeah. is really cool. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, every kid wants to get out of, out of their hometown. It's like, <laughs> I can't wait to get out of here. What, and, and it's good true. For them. Yeah, good yeah. for them. You should leave. You yeah. should grow. But mm -hmm. when they, you know, when you talk about that commitment to excellence, it's hard work. Mm -hmm. It's hard work and it's ongoing. And if you're going to be committed, it takes everybody, you know. And, and I think that's one thing that the people in New York, they all feel this responsibility to give whatever is needed to keep that level of, of excellence, you know, whether that's volunteering or whether that's, but they're, it's, it amazes me how willing people are to give their time, to give their money, to give their expertise. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't have said every time I ask for help with my classes, you know, there's, there's never anybody who turns me away. It's just absolutely, you tell me when you need me, where you need me, and what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I, and you can't get that every place else. No. You know, you, you just can't get that. And, and that's where I think a lot of that, that pride comes from. I mean, we have pride in everything from the, you know, the water tower yeah. all the way down to our school, to mm -hmm. our restaurants, to, you know, just the the Wessels Living History Farm. Everything that, that has support from someone else. It's not just a one-person show or a one-person band. It's a whole committee and a whole community that, that strives to support. Mm -hmm. To make all that a realization and all that a yeah. reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit how the school district has kind of evolved, you know, over your time here, you know, uh, back to where, um, like you said, you were floating between the high school and yeah. the middle school, um, you know, the elementary schools were all kind of in pieces. Yeah. In yeah. When time, I came so. here, we had the three elementary mm -hmm. schools um, and then the old middle school, which yep. is the old high, high school. school. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, now that's I, the old, old middle yeah. school. So. And I taught in both that, the middle school and here. Um, and, and I was a lucky one because I got to experience, and like I said, to be groomed and raised by middle school teachers mm -hmm. like Lorna Cleland, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, yeah. Good old Lorna, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Um, and, and some of the teachers that were there, um, and then I got to come you know, to the high school, like right. I said, some of the, the teachers yeah, there Kaylee's that were just, and the, yeah, just and whites and yeah. so, so giving. Um, and then when we went to the, the one 
elementary school, that wasn't necessarily welcomed by all mm-hmm. because people are very pride of, proud of their neighborhoods. You know, the and those Edison, neighborhood schools were, yeah. yeah. The Edison was so proud of their neighborhood school, mm-hmm. you know, and and the other two as well. So at, at first it took it took quite a few meetings and to understand that this would you'll take that pride and now you'll be just you'll just become a bigger group. Mm-hmm. And it will take some time to maybe know everybody's names, but the but but the pride and the commitment doesn't change. Mm-hmm. It's just a bigger group and right, you might right. have to yeah. Um, so it, it took a while for that to kind of catch on, and, and even the, the teaching staffs, you know, because you had a blended teaching staff that, you know, Willard might have done it differently than Edison. Right, and yeah. So, First grade English was maybe yeah, a little bit different yeah. compared to, yeah. So that, but but again, just the fact that that people are so are so committed to serving and to doing what's, what's best for their community, you know, people were willing to compromise and people were willing to... Um, and to start over and to fail, all those things that we talk about in our classroom. And today when I look at some of the things that, that we do, like the middle school with their entrepreneurship class mm-hmm. and what they do, and here's youngsters that, that go out and create a business and create a product and they go put their product out. You know, and, and the elementary school who is constantly, they, they've all got things on technology that they can do mm-hmm. and just to watch how far advanced they are. and. And to the staffs at all three buildings, elementary, middle school, and high school, how you know they are they are just absolutely driven to find the new ways, the best ways. The, because our population has changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got new people moving in, and we've got a, a higher um, the, the multicultural diversity is a little bit different. It's nothing, you know, it's it's no Lincoln, but right. but even that, or or students who come in that English isn't their their primary language, mm-hmm. you know, to deal with that. So just to, to to watch us have a challenge and to find ways to deal with that challenge, it just continues to evolve. And the teachers are so committed, and you know, and that's obviously led by our administration and by our leaders in our schools and our school boards. So that the fact that it comes from the top down, it, it truly is a testament. Because you've had how many it, superintendents have you worked under? This Paul be... Toms, and then Terry Keneally, and then and Lucas, then Mike Lucas, and now Mitch Bartholomew. Just the four. And okay, a little mud on Mitch Bartholomew. Yeah. <laughs> he came as an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sat at the first English department meeting, and we were talking. Was about he a, like a freshman English teacher? He taught some freshmen and some senior. He oh, taught okay. like the rhetoric. At that point, I didn't even know if we know how to spell rhetoric, but he <laughs> jumped in. And, you know, the first day we're talking about challenges that he might face. You know, so we're, we, we were treating Mitch like they treated me. They took me in and said, Here, here's Chris. Here's some things that, that might challenge you. You seek help. And, we'll, yep. and I, so we were doing that for Mitch. And I said, so what, what are you going to do about maybe students who hand in late papers? And Mitch, in his very confident way, looked at me and said, I just don't anticipate that to ever be a problem. <laughs> I don't. I just don't anticipate but students to hand in like papers. It's never gonna happen. Yeah, and it was so <laughs> wake up call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and I just said, yeah, you, you. Let's just, see how long that yeah. policy lasts. Yeah, and you tell yeah. me how that works for you. Yeah. And so we had a, a meeting, and sure enough, here he is. Okay, this late paper stuff. What do I do? <laughs> what kind so, of policy should yeah, I enact? Exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of fun watching him struggle through that. But you know, that's that's a neat thing. Mitch is another success story of York. Right. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. came as a first year teacher. Um, then he, came, he was working on his administrative degree, mm-hmm. and they gave him some practice at that. Then we had the a situation where he got the opportunity to be an assistant principal, mm-hmm. and then he got the opportunity to be the principal, and then the opportunity to be the you know, our superintendent. So just the fact that he knew that York, they invested in him, mm-hmm. and because of that, because he felt so strongly, he wanted to, again, he felt obligated for that investment back into the community because... You know, once you get in here, you just feel such a responsibility to do your part mm-hmm. to to add to that that your community, add to the collective success. You, do. you know, you want to yeah. have, you want to throw your coin yeah. on the pile yeah. and say, "Hey, I did this." And it's not always success in the terms that we always don't, you know, make big awards and flashy. And yeah, but but that's not what we're all about anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, we're about those neighborhoods who care for each other, and those businesses who care for schools, and those teachers who care for kids and administrators who care for their teachers so like i said it's a top down through the entire community Mm -hmm. it's been 
great that leadership i mean mike lucas was phenomenal leadership that we've had for yeah. the past 10 years he really helped yeah. bring us drag us into the Absolutely. 21st century yeah. and sometimes he did he mm -hmm. did have to drag us a little bit because when he first came and i think mike would tell you this when he first came he really didn't like us and we really didn't like him i'm sure there was probably some yeah to be because he he was changed shaking things up and yeah. he was he didn't come in and wait it out you know mm -hmm. he came in and he kind of started change from the get-go um and that wasn't what we were all about. You know, we were all about that York history, that this is Legacy, the York tradition. Way. Yeah. yeah. And and he embraced that. Mm -hmm. He said, but you we have can to do understand. It yeah. yeah. You have to understand there's there's a way to bring it better. And I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna be the catalyst. Mm -hmm. And he understood that he kinda had to win us over. Mm -hmm. Um and we were in an easy lot because no. what we had we thought was a great recipe. Right. Why change what our tradition? Broken. Yeah. 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 How, how could we be better? Yeah. Um, so you really have to give a lot of credit to him when he came in here. Um, Challenging everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Challenging us to be better yet. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, like I said, that wasn't always met with a, you know, it wasn't <laughs> open arms. That. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, once he. And that's just human nature. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. That would have happened with any, any group. group. Yeah. He had such an outgoing personality. Uh, and, and Mitch is another example of being a good student. You know, he he always had goals to be. A principal and superintendent, but he could have gone someplace else. Right, I'm sure there was opportunities yeah. for him to exit and go yeah. up. And and the same with me, mm -hmm. you know. At, when I first started teaching, I kind of thought I would stay here and get my feet wet and go someplace else. Um, but when I saw how people invested in me and encouraged me and nurtured me, and I just became such a good student, and I thought, why would I go to a school that? You know, doesn't have this this same feeling. Doesn't have these same goals. Doesn't always want to get better. Mm -hmm. um, and and so when I would have those interviews, you know, I could go to Lincoln, but I remember when I interviewed in Lincoln and I came out of a classroom and I watched the students walk down the hall and I asked the teacher. I said, "So, how many of these teachers do you know?" And she said, "My students in my classes." And then yeah, <laughs> and then I walked out my door yeah. and I can call almost every student by name mm -hmm. and. I, and I can ask them about their brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. or some instances now, their moms and dads. <laughs> yeah. You know, but what a great feeling. Right. No, you know, to know that I'm part of their community and I'm part of their family. Sometimes not not the most popular <laughs> member of their family, but a member of their family. And mm -hmm. they're a member of mine. So Mitch figured that out pretty quickly, too. And he's, you know, why would he go someplace else? Because he started learning so early on about what the York Way was, and he completely bought into it, and now he's he's the next leader of the York Way yeah, for York Public Schools. Yeah, he's in charge. He's, yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize, yeah, how much of a success growth yeah. ladder he's yeah, kind of had absolutely. here. absolutely, absolutely. That's incredible. Um, so we'll jump into kind of some rapid-fire questions to round out the interview. Okay. Okay. Um, favorite restaurant in York County? In is York like, County? Yeah, is there like a favorite place that you like to go? I would have to say Carrie's. Oh, there you because go. Carrie was my very Carrie Johnson was my very first student here. No way. <laughs> and I always tell my students, when you are a professional, I will always, always get your services. I will mm -hmm. always go to you. So like Miles Berg, I was traumatized yeah, by my I, dentist. Yeah. So and, you never had a dentist appointment. Right. Until, so I yeah. did not have a dentist appointment for thirty five years. I remember that. And then when Miles became a dentist and he came here, I'm like, dang, now I have to go at the dentist. <laughs> So I went in and I said, Miles, just so you know, actually I called him Dr. Bird. Yeah, yeah. I said, just so you know, I haven't been to the dentist in 35 years because I was traumatized. So Please don't be do this gentle. Again. <laughs> I said, I will not be back. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just take such pride in watching those kids. I mean, it's like, you're a doctor. I got to teach you. And now you're a doctor. Um, Scott Vincent is now a very successful orthopedic surgeon spinal surgeon at UNMC. Wow. And all of you, I, I, I got to be part of, of your lives. So I would say Carrie's because he was my very first student at York High School, and he needed a job. And so we looked through the York News Times, and we saw a chicken fryer at, at Chances Are, Our, and they were kind enough where, to give him a job, and look where he is today. That's where it all started. So I don't want to compare the food, but... Carrie, because he's my personal favorite. Right. No, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, one of the things, it's funny you mentioned that, that you invest in them and you yeah. invest in your students. I remember you get invited to so many graduations. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't go to all of them. You can't, but you, you pick ones and you can't give gifts to everyone. No. So you put a dollar. Yeah. I still have your dollar. <laughs> <laughs> your investment in me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's incredible that you... I still do that because yeah. I'm still just as poor as I was when I got here. <laughs> Favorite meal in, in York? Uh, like, 
In York or? In, in York County, yep. Oh, shrimp. It would have to be the chances are in Cary shrimp. shrimp. I'm yeah. a seafood lover. <laughs> that shrimp is the best I've ever had. <laughs> Favorite memory in York County? Is oh there is there a memory that of the thousands that stand out that, you know, when you think of one that um, um, or a few? Probably or... when I when my volleyball team won our very first game of my career ever. Mm-hmm. That was... And my first year... Was that game one or was no, that game... No, it was... <laughs> um, my first year, the, the year before, they had won no games. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then that year, we won one game. And it was against the team who ended up being very successful at state. What? <laughs> um, and then the next year, we were nine and seven. And then after that, it was just, yeah. And so, But yep. winning that first game was, you know, that that was something that was... That was I was in charge of that. Mm-hmm. We created and, and our kids worked together. Um, and John Nichols was my assistant coach, and Darcy McBride was our freshman coach, and we helped nurture that. And then those kids accomplished that. So that was something. And that's a special moment I'm sure you have. We have with those kids. Yeah. And yeah, the, yeah. Forever. Um, is there a favorite county or local event that you look forward to every year? Whether it's like York Fest, or do you go down to Mustang Roundup, or do you go um, to any of those other community festivals? Is there I, like an event that you always look forward to? I always go to the county fair because you have to go to your county fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, growing up, I went to my county fair. That's mm-hmm. that's just, if you live in a small town, what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You have That should be required by law that you go to the county <laughs> fair. Um, I, so I like that. I love um, the this, this soup supper like today. Oh, that's yeah, the, the sertoma. sertoma puts on yep. it. I, today I went for lunch because I have to work the wrestling meet tonight so I wouldn't have time. And even then, you go out. You, you think, okay, I have 30 minutes, I'm going to go eat a quick bowl of soup. An hour and a half later, you come out because mm-hmm. everybody welcomes you and everybody has to, you know, you ask how their kids are doing because you had them in school. So, you know, that that is just amazing. Um, I, that, that's one of my favorite things to go to. And I love to go to the Yorkshire Productions. Yep, yep. You know, I think the that's, playhouse, yeah. you know, when you watch your homegrown do something, that lots of times even the production is, is homegrown or directed. I think that that's, that's really, that's, that's another testament to just that commitment to you. Was Mitch Roush another one of your oh yeah students? Mitchell so Roush. yeah, yeah, yeah and he's he's got he got tapped to direct um, a new play. Yeah, be down I there. know. So, so that, that's, that's gonna be exciting. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, good. Yeah, um, if you could put do you golf, you golf. Yeah, right? yeah. If you could play a round of golf with any one person, who would that one person be? From York. Anyone? Anyone well, in history? Anyone in history? I would golf with Phil Mickelson, because Phil Mickelson is left-handed. And I'm right-handed, but my brother, who taught me how to golf, is left-handed. And and so, but he just kind of, he didn't give me very many lessons. And Phil Mickelson is a left-handed golfer. And if I'm going to golf, like I told you, I'm a competitor, I'm going to do it as well. As best I can. Yeah. So I think he is a great left-hand golfer. So, that, so I would choose Phil Mickelson okay. for that reason. And then if you could have dinner with any three people, oh, who would man. those three people be? Um, I would love to have dinner with the Obamas. Can I count them as one? Yeah, that's one. I, I just think just some of the barriers that they had to go through um, and, and what they did to serve when they mm-hmm. didn't have to, mm-hmm. you know, because of the barriers that we put up. To keep them, them out, yeah. yeah. So I would love to have dinner with the Obamas. Um, I would love to have dinner with Helen DeGeneres. I think it's oh, amazing, yeah. her sense of servitude, mm-hmm. you know, her sense of this... I, I make a lot of money. I mean, mm-hmm. I, she makes a lot of money, but just to watch her and what she does for other people, I think is amazing. Yeah, she's one who's definitely taken her her platform yeah, to elevate absolutely. other people. Yeah, and I just think just that that elevation. I think that that when she wakes up every morning, uh, I think that she thinks, "What can I do today?" Mm-hmm. And I think that that's I would I would like to learn from that. Right, I'd like to learn more than that. And my third one. Let's see, I need a little comic relief. These are kind of heavy duty. I was going to say, yeah, this is going to be a serious. Well, Barry's kind of, he's got, I mean, his this stance. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Probably. I went and saw Jerry Seinfeld just a couple weeks ago in Vegas. I And I I think he's not only funny, but I think he is smart, and I think that he would be really easy to sit down. I think he would be with. a great, just an human, just yeah, a great I person. Too. I do you too. Know? Um, Netflix has a comedians in cars getting coffee mm-hmm. with Jerry Seinfeld, and he just. Gets in with the car with a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's just Jerry in a normal, everyday thing, and he just yeah. makes it hilarious. I think that's, that's Jerry. And I, I would also, I would like to talk to Mike Krzyzewski. Oh? Um, watching him get hired at 
at Duke when he was like 26 years old mm-hmm. and watching him almost get fired because he was so bad mm-hmm. and then watching him refuse to lose and just learn and just learn and learn and learn and just to see what he's done now. Right. I just think struggle for yeah, so long. To just then. to watch him and his perseverance and his, he, you talk about commitment. Mm-hmm. And, and I think too, and a lot of coaches do this. Most coaches do this, but just to watch sometimes his, his commitment to his individual players as people, mm-hmm. you know, and just the relationship that that carries on with him because he, he believes in the person, not just the basketball player, which many do, but because maybe he's so visible, um, mm-hmm. you see more of that, but I just, I just like that in him. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's, that's everything I have for the interview. That was piece of cake, piece yeah. of cake. You can do it anytime. Um, so yeah, thanks for sitting down with me. It's been a pleasure. Um, you were, you know, someone to help inspire me, um, even though I never got to have you as an actual teacher. And I think I had sophomore English with you, technically, yeah. I think. And so um, it was great to always just observe and learn from you and be your assistant and help you with your red pen and checking things off. And so... Um, I, t- I remember a few times that you'd be behind my desk because I always put you behind the desk and sometimes even you would look up and go, oh my goodness, what? <laughs> these poor kids. <laughs> like, my poor classmates, well, I tell you. Yeah, these, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> but uh, when I had you on tennis, though, that was... Yeah, that was no, fun. it was great. We yeah. I had a blast. That was my senior year. Yeah, so I was absolutely. just there helping the younger guys. Yeah, absolutely. Just trying not to be a punk. Yeah, so absolutely. Helping them be less of punk. And so, uh, but yeah, thanks for thanks for your time. Um, it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you around. And I wish you the best of your final year, and, thank you. and just soak it all in. You've earned it. So, thank you. Thank you. This is Seventeen County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.